are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Evan Klosky. And Ulysses Sembrano is not here today. He is uh, recovering. Yeah, recovering uh, because of what the Rays did or didn't do against the Brewers. We're the host of the Locked on Rays podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Uh, We've got Evan Klosky from Channel 10 WTSP with us, thankfully. Uh, And breaking news, oh my gosh, just coming across the scroll here. The Rays are signing Evan Klosky (laughs) to a one-year contract and expect him to bat cleanup for the rest of this year. Wow. Congratulations. Hey, I can provide that cool 160 average that the squad puts up. I'd fit right in there like a glove, right? I mean, yeah, you, you fit in. Um, what is your evaluation of this debacle, uh, that the Rays have going on at least, I mean, uh, losing a series, getting swept, in two game series, it is what it is, but you would think that the Rays would be able to take advantage against a team like the Brewers that were floundering since the Josh Hader trade. Of course, uh, that hasn't happened. And uh, I mean, we, we see a lot of common themes here with the Rays. I mean, how many times have they scored three runs or less now? Just uh, no point out for the Rays. They are 11 and 41 when scoring three or less. Mm-hmm. And despite the how much it hurts to lose a game like they did yesterday. Um, they still only scored three runs. So they would have, they would have only been what a 12 and 40. If they were able to win that game, we're talking 52 games of them scoring three or less 52 games. All right. 52 games. That's how many games they've lost this season. That means they are 58 and 52, nearly half the games that they played this season. Nearly half. They yeah. scored three or less. And the crazy part is if they just scored four or more, and, and yesterday's game to Milwaukee is a great example because if they would have scored that fourth run, that would have been the difference maker, which they should have with Brandon Lau and Isak Paredes striking out, both looking with the base mm-hmm. loaded um, in the eighth inning. Um, but but their record is unbelievable. They are 47-11. and 11. When they score four more runs, like the tipping point of this team is that fourth run. And I've never met a, I've never seen a squad pitch so well and just mm-hmm. flounder like this because they can't get four runs consistently in a game. It, it sounds so easy. Yeah. Uh, the Rays, by the way, are 23rd in baseball and runs scored and 24th in baseball in home runs. Uh, what's the solution here? Uh, is it just wait until next year, wait until the off season to pick up reinforcements, allow injuries to heal and allow young players to grow and develop. I mean, they're sort of in a wishy washy position at this juncture. They are who they are. Um, you know, they, they brought in a guy like David Peralta who helps a little bit. Uh, he, he got a, a, a nice RBI double 
in the game yesterday. He he got robbed of a home run the day before. So, you know, he's he's doing what he's supposed to do. He, he's doing right. what you traded for. So that is being that is helpful. Um, but I said it, I think last week, the week before, this team needs to survive in advance. They're they're not going to be a playoff team by the time they get to the end of August. Most likely. Most likely. That, that could yeah. change. But you hope to be it, close enough, which, by the way, is when they face a brutal stretch in September where nearly all the teams are playoff teams outside mm-hmm. of the Red Sox who are now kind of in a worse shape than the Rays. Um, they're, so you hope that when you get healthy and you get Wander and, and Harold Ramirez back, who, who might be hitting uh, on Friday for the first time and, yeah. and starting to make that progression, you know, when you get Manuel Margot back in 10 days, uh, you know, nine days, whatever it might be, you start replenishing this lineup a little bit. And maybe, just maybe, the Rays start ascending at the right time. That maybe they got through, you know, this this year has been up and down, a lot of hellish offense. But right. if the stars can align and they can make a run at the right time, they are still a dangerous team because they can pitch. And the pitching, I, you know, we can talk about Poche, but in the end, um, what Cash did, I understand yeah. his thought process. And people want to make it black and white that Poche shouldn't be pitching in the ninth inning. The fact of the matter is, is Poche pitches against the bottom of the order. And again, I mean, he was he had a lefty-lefty matchup when he gave up the home mm-hmm. run to Les too. He just has to do his job. It's just... And nine home runs is is very unlucky. I, I mean, that's you know that is that is hard to do in the thirty seven some odd innings that he's pitched. It you know the, he's getting if you look at like Edwin Diaz maybe last year and the year before he's getting a little bit of Edwin Diaz. Just the bad pitches here make he's making are going out of the park. So you know you can the only adjustment I think you can make is you need to elevate Ryan Thompson and you need to demote. Poche in his role, but Thompson had a a tough game the first go round against the Brewers, and you know I don't really blame him for the tenth inning, you know, intentional walk, and he gave up a seeing eye single. I mean, what you know, what are you going to do? It's the, the silly runner on second and roll. I mean, whatever. But yeah, you know, I know fans want to make this black and white with Poche pitching, but honestly, what Kevin Cash did in that game is what he should have done. Poche only pitches against the bottom of the order. Mm-hmm. And it was even a lefty-lefty matchup against Rowdy Telez. So the only suggestion I can think of is promoting Ryan Thompson and demoting uh, Kyle Poche and what their roles are. I mean, Ryan Thompson has been unbelievable the past two months. Rough couple days in Milwaukee, though the 10th yeah. inning I really don't blame him for anyway. I mean, runners on second intentional walk, seeing I single. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? But um, – but yeah, I mean, Poche is getting Edwin Diaz a little bit. If you look at what Diaz was last year and the year before that, just every mistake seems to go out of the park. He's got like nine home runs and 37-some-odd innings. That's hard to do. That is unlucky. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact of the matter is he's, he's in an elevated role in this bullpen, and um, and he's just he's not getting the job done in, in those spots. And the way that the lineup seems to plinko its way down in the ninth inning, it just it's been falling a lot on the bottom of the lineup. And mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, somebody 
tweets out like, oh, maybe we should give Sean Armstrong um, an elevated role. And it's like, really? Are you thinking, are you thinking emotionally or, or rationally? Yeah. Look, I have nothing wrong with Sean Armstrong. His last two appearances were phenomenal. I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but he's got a 509 ERA and he's given up 23 hits plus walks in his last, you know, uh, 16 innings pitched. Right. So when fans just go like, oh, um, let's throw Sean, like maybe Sean Armstrong's the answer. Like, no, it is not. Poche is the right yeah. guy. It's just Poche has to do his job. And, and the problem is, is it just seems like when they're up one, he, you know, half of the time he's not getting it done. Mm-hmm. You know, he has like 12 holds and like, I don't know, like nine saves. So, I mean, no, you know, nobody's complaining about the 21 times that he's gotten it done, but there were five times that he screwed it up. And um, the Rays are not good enough to overcome bullpen mistakes because the only reason they're hovering in the wild card spot is because of their starting pitching and their bullpen. And for fair, unfair, whatever it is, I mean, there's a lot of pressure put on on the arms and it's un- it, it really is unfair. I feel so freaking bad that Poche has to be put in the cement yeah. here because his team can't hit. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, having said that, do you put the onus partially on the front office for not doing more at the trade deadline, be it grabbing a high leverage reliever and or grabbing some sort of impact power oriented bat? No, I don't. A, I'll say this, historically speaking, if there is one thing that the Rays do, it's find relief pitching somewhere. Right. Um, and even if they grab the high leverage reliever, I don't think it fixes like the Poche issue. And I mean, I think he still pitches in that spot. This team, you know, really doesn't believe in a firm closer. They believe in you face this chunk of the lineup, mm-hmm. right? Jason Adams is going to come in and you are going to face two, three, four. You know, Brooks Raley, you're going to face two, three, four. Pete Fairbanks, you're going to face somewhere in the bottom. Poche, you're going to face somewhere in the bottom. And that's how we're going to just connect the dots here. And, um, you know, soon we're going to see Chagua. Soon we're going to see Nick Anderson. And that's going to replace guys like Yacobonis, please. Um, And, you know, maybe a Sean Armstrong. You know, they had to lose a guy like Luke Bard along the way. People are going to go up and down and they'll, right. they'll find him again. So I'm not really worried about investing, you know, in in that. And in the offseason, they're going to find a couple of other gems, right? I mean, by the way, two of the best relief pitching signings in the offseason, I think statistically speaking, are Jason Adam and Brooks Raley. So, I mean, right. they, they nailed that. Um, so not so much the relief pitching. The the hitting, I, I agree with them not going – full tilt i just i don't with the amount of injuries they have it just it seems silly to invest in hitting when you have so many people out and they're all gonna have to come in um you know and and by the way uh something that wasn't even a trade one of the best additions they made was yu chang and the guy's hitting with the rays he's gonna regress at some point but he's hitting what 350 and since since coming with the coming to the team yeah he's so, had big moments he's another one of those guys from cleveland that <laughs> works out for the rays offensively 
Yeah. So, I mean, what I will say, I'm more so I'm not upset at the front office at all for the trade deadline. I think they overestimated a little bit their abilities um, with their bats entering the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, look, it's not their fault that Zanino got injured and barely played minus a a great moment in Oakland earlier this season. But he wasn't going to hit 33 again. Right. You know, I I don't blame the front office for injuries to to Brandon Lau and his 39 homers, but he wasn't going to hit 39 again. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, Austin Meadows has had just the year from hell with Detroit, also unpredictable injuries, but he was also a 27 homer guy, 100 plus ribbies, which went unreplaced, just off the roster completely. There was yeah. no no plan on what that was going to be. It was Josh Lowe, which was a roll of the dice. It was an absolute roll of the dice. We think he's a 2020 guy. Aha! Yeah. And, up. and then it was like, whoopsies, let's sit him down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that really, like, they went all in on Josh Lowe, essentially. Right. That's what it was. And they traded Joey Wendell, uh, you know, another guy who was injured, by the way, for the Marlins, yeah. but is a little toolsy bat who they can use in his freaking lineup because nobody gets hits. And he's so, a veteran. I, I think that's the thing, too, is that you – be it injuries, trades, trying to save money, everything, it, the perfect storm of, wow, we got a whole hell of a, a lot of rookies that are having to play all at once. Yeah, and and you have, and this year, is it's becoming a gap year. It's becoming a, what do we have, right? I mean, the Rays more than ever have just a monster 40-man crunch. We saw them trade a, a tremendous prospect for free, essentially. Um for, you know, for, again, a roll of the dice in Jose yeah. Siri, which who has time and time again proven he is he is probably the heir apparent for Kevin Kiermeyer as mm-hmm. far as like. But, but, but KK, at least he gets at stretches hot at the plate. You know, right. Jose Siri's whiff rate is like 50 percent right now, if not more. I don't like the guy. You, you thought Brett Phillips was bad. Meet Jose yeah. Siri. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, they, they hope that some of those triple A numbers that they've seen in the past, I mean, Certainly the hard contact rate is there when he when mm-hmm. he touches the baseball, but he's got to touch the baseball. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's um that's now they're gonna evaluate him for the rest of the year. And and um and I, and I don't hate that move necessarily because you know that that's what they kind of have to do. I mean, that's that's the raise in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it works out. But I said it before the year, we can run the tape, and I'll say it again. Who the heck on this team is the go-to hitter that you can go to consistently and say, I believe that they can step up and mash one? I like the game, like this is who I want up. This is who I want up. It's Randy is maybe it. And Randy also yeah. is up and down. I mean, you know, Randy, when Randy's cold, he's cold, but he has been he's been steady Eddie this season as far as his stats are concerned. He's pretty much gonna hit. Right exactly what we expected entering the year he's probably going to land close to 20 home runs he's got 20 steals so hit around that's what he is yeah he's not which isn't bad i mean it is what it is but i think that he's still people are still trying to live off the the aura of what he did in the what was it the 2020 postseason that he's going to come to save the day and i think regression to the mean things settling out and again he's still a very very quality player but don't expect more than 260 to 270 batting average and 20 to 24 home runs from randy don't expect 40 40 from randy i'm just saying 
exactly. Like, I love Randy. I think Randy does his job well. It's the fact that because nobody else is producing offensively, all eyes go to Randy to do more mm-hmm. than what he should be doing. And the fact is, Randy is doing his job. Yeah. Randy is doing what he should be doing. It's, you know, it's on other people to step up. And again, it's just a bunch of, I mean, it's a bunch of rolling the dice. And, yeah. you know, I, look, Brandon Lau, since he's come back, he, he looked awful in Milwaukee, but if we ignore that, he's been phenomenal since returning. He's selling out less for power. He's hitting for yeah. contact, which is something the team needs. I think Isak Paredes, uh, outside of two weeks of just annihilating baseballs, he has regressed to the issues he had in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what is he? He's, I think like 21 for his last 107 or something or yeah. 109. I mean, you, he builds it. You, you, opposing teams build up a book on a guy and, and figure out, okay, where's his weak spots and his yeah. weak points. And that's so, what happens, especially with young players like that. And you got to adjust. It's a game of adjustments for sure. And, um, you know, the other thing too is yes, it is good in a sense of the raise of so many injured players and they should be back eventually, but we can't expect everybody to be, to, to be Brandon Lau that when they get back, they're immediately going to hit 350, right? out of the gate. Like some of these guys may, it might take a couple weeks or they might never figure that out. Uh, when they get back pitching wise yeah. or hitting wise, and it may be a case of too little, too late of like, yeah. Hey, Warner Franco, he's really starting to come on. Manny Margot really starting to come on. Uh, X player really starting to come on. And then before you know, it, it's like, Oh, it's October and we missed the playoffs. I mean, I'm, I'm just more surprised that like we, there should be a little bit more offensive tinkering. Like we, yeah. see, you know, we always see in the relief pitching. Uh, I know that I annoyingly beat the drum on, on Aranda, but like, come on. Like the, the team, like, can you not trade Aranda for Luke Rayleigh right now? Like, can that, like, can you not like just give it a shot? Right. It just, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, my counter argument would be, uh, I mean, do the Rays really want to roster another rookie? But Luke Rayleigh is pretty much a rookie, no? So, yeah. I mean, you just got to try. My point is, is like, you have to see what sticks, right? Like, you you Chang right now is sticking. And I'll throw him out there. Like, screw it. I mean, they're they're like an off-brand Mets right now of like, they're trying to platoon, but the platoons Mm -hmm. aren't working. You know, the Mets are, are fully entrenched in platoon baseball, which to me, it's, and look, Steve Cohen came in. Uh, a you know richest owner probably in the game invested heavily in the analytics department and you know seeing that now as as another club where you can kind of signal to what the future is going to be right like yeah. we see from this uh, front office them investing heavily in speed why because soon the pickoff rules are going to change at the major league baseball level yeah. and teams are going to steal like they're they're tic tacs on second base and so the rays are ahead of it right now and are going to invest crazy into speed and they're going to be swiping bags left and right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, I mean, those are some signals. Like I wish that the Rays maybe enter this off season and go full on. We're playing platoon baseball outside of maybe, you know, Syrian walls. I'm okay. Keeping defensively, but right. everybody else needs to hit this, hit the ball because you can't, yeah. At least those two provide defense at key positions, which over a large sample size help you throughout the season. The other positions, not so much. I mean, yeah. 
and throw Wander in the mix too, but he's not on the field right now. So. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's a you know a debate we can have in the off season is if you know Wander should move to maybe like a third base, um, or you know a second base, or you know should Walls just move over to second and and be as good there as he is a shortstop, yeah. you know, because he finally he finally has settled in and, and right. Oh, I think that that was huge for him. I mean, it sort of. I mean, you never want to wish injury on another player, but Taylor Walls was probably like, okay, this is where I can really showcase my ability and settle in at shortstop, the position I've really only known my entire life as opposed to moving around between short, second, and third haphazardly. Like Now that he's been able to play short for as many weeks in a row as he has, you kind of see the ability there. Sometimes maybe you're you're struggling with being bloated um, after watching a Rays game. You're like, oh, was it a lot of peanuts I ate? Was it the beer? Um, are you having uncomfortable digestive issues? My goodness, was was the race offense just non-existent and you're just feeling kind of down? Maybe you're 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 tired and sluggish. Well, there's a good chance you might have an overworked liver. So thanks to diets, high in processed foods, and exposure to thousands of harmful toxins, that could be it. So the solution, well, you need to cleanse and gently detoxify your liver. And that's where liver health formula from Pure Health Research can help. Liver health formula combines eight powerful nutrients such as turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract to gently detoxify your liver. Think of it as putting in a David Peralta right in the middle of your lineup, and now you kind of have a deeper kind of set of guys. Same thing with liver health formula from Pure Health Research. So as a listener of our show, you can try liver health formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Curb Fit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula. So go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. I will say it again. That's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try liver health formula today. Uh, I asked this question a week or two ago, and I'm going to posit it again. Uh, confidence level, 1 to 10, 10 being the highest or, or most confident of the Rays making the playoffs as of this recording. Um, I forgot what I, what I say, 7 last week? Yeah, I believe 7. Six. And I think you gave the Orioles a 2. I did. And they really mushed them, didn't I? <laughs> really pissed them off. Uh, I'll go. I'll go six. Okay. Um, it's very easy to switch it around and go Orioles seven and Rays two and and be right. caught up in the moment. Um, but like, what happens if the Rays sweep the Orioles completely? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, just everything we thought of both teams flips in three games. So, you know, I, I think really that question. Um, after the Orioles series is important because yeah. it's a monumental series. It, it will most likely dictate where the two teams sit in the wild card race. Best case scenario, obviously, um, or, or, or the, the most lukewarm scenario is, you know, one team wins two times, the other mm-hmm. team wins one, and you have just one game exchanging. But, you know, it, it's, um, I don't know, I, you know, there's a little bit of – the, the thing about the Orioles this year is they have a little bit of that 2021 Rays vibe to them. And 
it's a little bit unex- inexplicable, right? Because they don't really do anything tremendously well in offensive categories. Uh, in the pitching categories, they're all right too. The one, the one thing they do really well is is relief pitching, which is what we talked about the Rays last mm-hmm. year. But just like just like last year, this year's Orioles team, um, they are amazing at come from behind victories. Uh, and that was a staple to the 100-win season that Tampa Bay had last year, on top of probably better pitching than what Baltimore has on the front line. But, yeah, I mean, it just – I don't know. This Like last year, all the magic that the Rays had, it feels like it's all gone this year. And not like mm-hmm. – like beyond like some of the career years that some players had. I don't know if any team has had like – worse luck like how many times have we seen another team make just like this unreal grab or rob the guy of a home mm-hmm. run or you know base hit and like you know thrown out at the plate from a perfect throw i mean look they're not the best base running they're they're the worst base running they're team right. in the league by far all right and and part of that is their fault most of it is their fault but a lot of it also is them testing the other team and daring them to make the play. And in the past, maybe half of those times you're safe. And yeah. this year it just feels like it just feels like every single time they push it, they get nothing. I mean, Rowdy Telez, perfect throw over to third yesterday on the yeah. ground ball by Taylor Walls. And Kevin Cash said, like, I want Mejia. Mejia broke off immediately on the throw on the, the batted ball. You knew he was going to pull it. And Rowdy made a better play. And I just mm-hmm. feel like we've been down that road so many times with this team where it's like, Fudge, are you going to screw up? Like, yeah. I mean, like how how tough do we have to earn every win? Yeah, it's and what's I, I don't know if I want to give my confidence level. I mean, I'm right at about a a, a four five right now. Just the because schedule concerns me the most. The schedule's a big big factor, and the fact that yeah, there's three wild cards, but there's like eight teams fighting for those three wild card spots. I mean, Baltimore legitimately can make a case, Cleveland, Minnesota, Chicago, Boston. And of course you have Seattle and Toronto. That'll probably take those top two spots. So you have one, two, three, four, five teams really fighting for that final third spot in the wild card. So that's where like, Hey, Manny Margot, when you get back uh, projected August 20th, you really need to help us out immediately. It's one of the, it's one, a, a case like that, pretty much. So um, before we end here, uh, I do want to have a little fun trivia question and um, just kind of a little background. Um, Evan, did you happen to listen to any of the episodes this week on uh, Lockdown Rays? Did not. Okay. Thank you. Good. Uh, me neither. Um, but that, that does not ruin this trivia question. So I'll preface the trivia question with this. Who do you think is more, or who would you bet would be more likely to win an MVP in 2023? Wander Franco or Brandon Lau? Wander Franco. Why? Uh, because his ceiling's just higher. Okay. Um, he does more. I just, I just, I think when you factor in fielding, hitting, uh, stolen bases, just I mean a five-tool player across the board, his style of play is way more electric, and I feel like Brandon is is a bit two-dimensional. Okay, that's fair. Um, follow up to that. Do you think Wander Franco in twenty twenty three will eclipse 
20 or more home runs? Uh, no. Okay. That makes winning an MVP extremely, extremely difficult. Which brings me to my trivia question. Since 1986, since 1986, there have been only three players that have won an MVP hitting fewer than 20 home runs in a season. And I'm discounting the 2020 year because of it only being 60 games. And of course, we can eliminate pitchers as well. So position oh, players. Say, is a, no, no, no. It's, um, not a, it's not a trick question. So position players to hit fewer than 20 home runs in a season, yet still win an American League or National League MVP. Three names, which tells you how Wander Franco, and he is that type of player that could probably hit 340, 350, 18 home runs, 30 stolen bases, and squeak his way into an MVP. But it's my point is it's it's extremely, extremely rare and difficult. So guess the three names, is that it? Uh, if you can guess one of them, I'll be happy. Is it Gwyn? Gw- no. Um, man, I thought that was going to be a slam dunk. Um, Greg one. And I mean, so, and these are only AL or is this both? No, AL? no, no. This is everybody. Everybody. Holy Which smart. makes it such a difficult feat. Oh, man. Now, I will say there's been, you know, guys that have hit 21 and 24 home yeah. runs here and there, but fewer than 20, it's tough. Oh, man. Um, Need one name. What's the, like the most recent? Uh, the yeah. most recent in a like year. I wouldn't say several because there's only three names, but two of these names you've definitely watched. Uh, one was in 2008. I'm really giving it away here. One was in 2008, and one was in 2001. Both American League. Oh, Ichiro. Ichiro Suzuki in 2001, 350 batting average and eight homers. 7.7 war, by the way, that year. Yeah, oh, one. That is a dead giveaway. Um, Do you want to try yeah. to guess the other? Oh, God. Oh, eight. Oh, eight. It's kind of like... Now I'm trying to, I, think the, I think the Mets collapsed in a way. Um, yeah, but this would be American. Well, this would, this would, the Yankees sucked that year. Um, so who would have been... Would have, Mm, yeah, just let me know. Okay, Dustin Pedroia. Wow, I was thinking Boston. I was thinking. I was thinking David Ortiz would have been it. Yeah, well, David Ortiz. If he won an MVP, he'd probably have you know forty. Yeah, exactly. That's why I skipped over Boston. And I was like, I don't even know. Yeah, but this is a. I could see a, a line like this from Wander: three twenty-six batting average, three seventy-six on base. 493 slug, 17 homers, 83 RBI, 20 stolen bases. That seems like a pretty yes. solid Wander Franco Agreed. number there. And then the third guy, you got to go all the way back to 1995. And that was Barry Larkin, mm. who had 15 home runs, 319 batting average, 51 stolen bases. That is a great question. 
That is a great question. Thank you. Yeah. And now, and that's why I said 1986, because if you go like 1985, 1984, then you kind of run into. It's a different, it's kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you're running into more of the, I mean, even it's still rare even then, but you run into the Ryan Sandbergs and uh, the Terry Pendletons and guys of that ilk as well. Thurman Munson, for example, but it's not many guys. I mean, you really have to hit at least 30 home runs at least to, to be in the MVP conversation. So that's my point there. Um, Evan, anything you'd like to promote or share before uh, we get um, on the line here? No, mostly, you know, head to 10, 10 Um, We have, obviously we're, we're talking Rays. Uh, Brett Phillips comes back to the trap tomorrow. So, you know, we're mm-hmm. hoping to be there and, and, and say hello to Brett as, um, uh, you know, see, see how we see his car shield commercials all the time, still in a Rays uniform. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Um, but also we, every day, you know, we're talking about Buccaneers training camp and uh, they have another practice today. They'll play a Ray J on Saturday. And, um, you know, we're keeping you informed because I understand the dog days of training camp. It's tough to like be locked in every single day, mm-hmm. uh, which is why you got to be locked on Rays and Bucks. Um, so, yeah, just head over to 10 com at Ekloski, WTSP on Twitter. Uh, also, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and, uh, you know, say what up. You All the good stuff. Hit me up. I'll, I'll respond. Yeah, just try not to be mean or hurtful with your comments yeah. there. Yeah, if you're a jerk, then I won't. Yeah. Uh, thank you for making the Locked on Race podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on MLB uh, Prospects Podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you on Friday.